Kia ora guys, welcome to today's episode of Super Good Juice Podcast. For the main event, we're actually going to be talking about ourselves with each other. Let's start with some of these questions that we got through on our Instagram. So we asked our Instagram followers um, to let us know if they have any questions for us. We've got a couple of really good ones here. So Mary, do you want to do the honours? Yes, okay. First question, knowing what you know now, would you go to uni to study or get work experience? Look, I would. I definitely would. A couple of reasons for that. I took a couple of years off between high school and uni to get some work experience. Um, I was really lucky that my parents said, um, take a year off. You don't know what you want to do. Oh, yeah, and I failed bursary as well, so that didn't help me get into uni. Um, but I was really lucky. And one day, you know, I was trying to decide, do I work for another year or do I go down to Otago? And my dad said, do you really want to go to university? you seem to really be enjoying the situation you're in. I, I am and I don't want to go. Awesome. Don't go. Keep working. Do your thing. Um, and then a year later, I was really ready. So I went to university and I was, I was, I was quite glad I did. Um, I changed tact a couple of times at uni. One of my friends, Sam, changed her degree in first year. And I she told me what she was doing. HR, industrial relations. And I thought, ooh, that's a bit of me. And for me, I, I, I met all my great mates um, and I got some really good experience and I went to Waikato Uni and I loved the way they really cared so I I personally would still take at least a couple of years but yeah absolutely would go to uni. What about you Mears? Yeah I'm the same I would definitely go to uni I was a really shy kid I was shy up until I was about 35 um, painfully <laughs> shy and so going to university um, was quite a nice place for me to be. I was a small fish in a massive big pond, didn't stick out um, and managed to learn a lot along the way. I may have studied something different or approached it slightly differently because I did my first degree and then finished that in communications and then started law. So maybe I would have done a conjoint degree, which is mm -hmm. potentially a little bit more efficient. But yeah, for sure, I wasn't ready to enter the workforce straight out of school uni was the right place for me definitely okay question number two I love this but I hate it because it's difficult but who has been your best boss oh one mm. oh one one do you want to go first I'll go first okay because I've had two I'm challenging you to say one. I know <laughs> Do you know what? I, I have had one and she was absolutely um, inspirational in that she helped me put some, she, she helped me sort of banish some ghosts. Um, and they were thoughts of that I wasn't enough, um, that imposter syndrome. But I also have, have long had this feeling that I'm only getting somewhere because of my personality. And she was able to help me kind of bury that one. She was like, yep, you've got a personality, but this is a skill. This is something you work really hard at. Um, you have within your skill set relationship building, people management, uh, an ability to get shit done. But she said also, look at what sits behind that. It was the skills that I'd learned over time, the way I can deliver on projects, the way my mind works. She put that all together for me and went, she turned the spotlight on me and made me realize I am enough. I am awesome. And I, I sh the confidence that I give to everybody is the confidence I should have inside. And along with a couple of other things, she was 
inspirational because she was empathetic. She was kind. She was transparent. She was high achieving. She kicked ass and she really cared and gave a fuck. And I learned that I could be kick ass, tough, but care and, and show love in that, in that care piece. That's so nice. You're pretty lucky, honestly. I think if you come across one of those in your, in your career, you're pretty lucky. Oh, she kind of coached it, you along the way as well, didn't she? Yeah, she, re- she just, she absolutely coached me. She took me under her wing. And I learned, I learned so much. Uh, and she still, I still aspire to, to be as kind and as high-performing and amazing as she is. Um, so, yeah, I'm really bloody lucky. I've, but I've had a few, few good bosses, a couple of great ones. And yeah, for, her, for me, she was really exceptional. What about you, Mez? One, you're allowed one. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. Probably my mo- the the boss that had the most transformative impact on me was a boss I had about five or six years ago when I after first returning back to New Zealand. Mm. He's a real hard taskmaster, um, high expectations, which I'm fine with because I have those two. But he really led with uh, an interesting strength. A lot of empathy, which not a lot of people mm. might have seen. He really, he had everyone's back, you know, he, he backed you up. Mm. But probably the most formative for me was he threw me in the deep end so many times and it really forced me to face that shyness and overcome it and made me realize that I can give presentations and <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> I can and back pres- yourself, right? I back myself. I actually never struggled with my self-belief and my capability, but I really was so shy, especially when it came to public speaking. So, yeah, it was a really transformative for me in that respect. I, I gained a lot of confidence working under the, the leadership of him. Last question that I think we're going to tap into today, which is a really nice one as well regarding Super Good Juice. The question is, how do you see your podcasts developing? Currently, they are great, but can they be better? Hey, well, first of all, thank you to the person who asked this question. I like that you think they're great. We also think they're pretty choice too. I'm, I'm going to give the majority of this to you, MJ, to answer because this was your brainchild. But what I'm really excited about is we've got some really cool seasons potentially coming up. Um, Mary and I had this amazing creative session which is why we do it. It's our creative outlet. We had a creative session where we talk about possibly what different seasons are. So we talk to business partners, a mini session, a mini season where we speak to multiple groups of business partners. You know, how do you work? Who plays what role? We're also looking at, do we do um, bring in experts? So for example, it could be an employment lawyer. It could be a financial advisor, an accountant, someone to come and talk about your well-being. another person who could focus on, um, that imposter syndrome and you know particularly a psychologist what is this imposter syndrome and how does it work so that's something I'd be really interested in in doing and then also just speaking to all of our amazing um, our amazing network but Mary I'll hand that next part over to you it's probably fair to say that for this first season we've been running episode to episode so we actually haven't taken the time to step back and examine the podcasts and the season as a whole Um, but that's something that we'll definitely do at the end of season one but we do have some big plans for for super good juice we want to take it abroad 
we would have hosts from those countries doing the same sort of thing, but with their unique perspective on the educational system, the cultural context, and also the different ways workplaces operate in those different countries. With our first overseas contingent coming from Italy, probably at the end of the year. All right, let's move on to the main event. I think we're going to start with a high-level overview of our career to date. Bridget, do you want to take it from there? Yeah, sure thing. Do you know what I realised in talking to all of our guests is that my career has been quite linear. (laughs) I was thinking that, actually. (laughs) Yeah, so the reason why it doesn't seem linear is, so I've got an HR background team, and the reason why it doesn't seem linear is the weirdest stuff comes up. And I've had lots of different types of roles in HR, so I... I left university. I studied HR and industrial relations um, at uni because my friend Sam started doing it and I thought that looks pretty cool. It was practical. It was fun. I did it. And then I went to get like a general grad program and I didn't get that, but they said, we do have an HR admin role available. And that kind of kicked off my career in HR and quickly progressed. So that was in hotels and the weirdest stuff happens. And I won't mention it because one of the things I've realized is a lot of my career is shaped through other people's traumatic events or hilarious events depending on which side of the um, the table you are but but um, I learned really quickly and got faced with a lot of challenges everything from learning the process of HR through to the really tough decisions I had some really couple of really big things that shaped me my career one was the Christchurch earthquakes so I was responsible for redeploying all of our Christchurch staff so froze rec- I froze recruitment throughout Australasia I think I might have been like 25 at the time but froze recruitment throughout Australasia redeployed Christchurch staff um, amongst Australasia to a whole lot of different roles. Um, And then once we'd gone through that, you know, reactive crisis mode moment, then helped them to to process it. And, and, you know, obviously that was a really long, long journey. That helped me, has helped me multiple times um, throughout my career. So I, I worked in hotels and then I moved to the UK and I got a role in learning and development in OD. Um, so that's organizational development. And it's all about people growing and learning their skills. And it was just a completely different skill set. Man, it was fun. It was one of those jobs where, you know, I kicked my heels together on my way to work. And it was so much fun. My people leader was awesome. They really enabled me to focus on what I was good at. I was this Kiwi talking to the, the secretary for transport. G'day, mate. They hadn't been spoken to that way before. Katie kind of talks about it, that we just don't see that rank in Kiwis. So I, I had a great time. And then I moved back and I didn't particularly want to move back from the UK, but I, I found myself in general estate HR, which is not where I wanted to be. But then I learned to love it. And I learned to love it because I moved into sort of leadership and I really took charge and I, I made a role and I made a niche for myself. And that's where I had this amazing people leader who said, I know you don't want this. You've said you don't want this role. She said, I, th- I believe in you and I think you can do it. Um, so I did that and then I left there, you know, which was a, and I'll, I'll probably talk about it a wee bit later, but I left there um, after about five years and moved to another role that wasn't quite right. Um, and I called it and I was going to take a career break because it was, yeah, I was going to take a career break, but a friend of mine said, we've got a role open. It's a fixed term you want to just come join for a little bit and that's when I started in my current my current employer and all in HR all of this is in kind of generalist HR and I've recently post the podcast with Gabby where I had a little job offer on the table 
taken it and I've moved into a general role that's for my first time in my career, not in Mm. HR. And it's cool. (laughs) So I look after customer systems and people. So still the HR sort of people side of things, but I love the commerciality of it. And I love that sort of drive. So yeah, I've had a pretty, I've had a pretty cool, I've had a pretty cool career. And I can't say that I've had much of a plan similar to a lot of our guests of, you know, if there's been an open door crack in the window, person I've just met and, and it's been the right connection with a person is, is how I've kind of explored the job. But there've been, I would definitely say the type of career that I've had has had some real highs, um, but for me, it's also had some real tough mm. points as well. And it's, it's definitely built my resilience and Mary, you've seen me. I'm mostly highs. You've seen me mostly in my highs, but there have been the occasional the occasional lows. Definitely. So that's me. What about you, Mary? I'm from all over New Zealand. I was born in Hamilton, moved mm. around a lot and lived in the North and the South Island. But by the time it came to leaving school, I was in the North Island. And after a lot of deliberation, I decided to study communications at Waikato. I then studied law. So I was at uni for six years, which is quite a long time. <laughs> yeah. The first <laughs> six years post-grad were pretty all over the place for me. Uh, my first job was as a booker at Klein, Klein Models, where Tia modeled and worked. I did a bit of time in retail. I worked for your dad, Bridge, in an insurance brokerage. Mm. And then just as the GFC hit, I was so fortunate at the time to find a job at a marketing and analytics consultancy, which really kicked off my career in, in consulting. So since then, I've been consulting in technology, big data, analytics, machine learning, AI, all that sort of strategy ever since. Yeah, holding various roles across marketing, campaign management, strategy, project management, program management, business development. was a really interesting, extremely satisfying career path, high performance, high stress, Um, Mm. Uh, but really, really interesting and really fulfilling. Two and a half years ago, I left New Zealand to join my partner in the UK. And then when then COVID hit, which was mm-hmm. very difficult. And we decided to relocate again to Italy, where we are now. I've been here for two years. But for most of the past two and a half years, I've had to deal with, you know, not really being able to work. I've not had visas where I've been applying for visas. And then when I finally got a visa in Italy, trying to enter the workforce without sufficient language skills has been a real challenge. So, you know, it's really, yeah, it's really challenged my identity, I guess. Um, mm. But but it's, it's probably been really good. I, I think I probably needed it. So Bridge, you talked a little bit about the fact that you've experienced some really high highs, but some pretty intense lows Mm. what has been one of your defining career challenges can you tell us a little bit about it I'll pick the most dramatic (laughs) um so I I have had previously and I look I can't go into too much detail about it but we had an incident happen at one of my previous places of work Uh, it happened to one of my team members and the decision that was made around it didn't sit well 
with my values, my ethics, my expectation of others and leadership. And I was devastated. I was so hurt. I was so, so fucking angry. I'm swearing because even now I've got that, you know, when your adrenaline race races through your body and you can feel your body pumping with anger and hurt, humiliation. And it made me, made me not want to work anymore. It made me not want to work in HR anymore. It made, it, it, it ruined me. Um, and I remember getting, you know, my, my people leader calling me through with the outcome and the decision. And I, I'm, I'm tough. I'm strong. This put me on the floor sobbing. Um, my partner, Scott picked me up, put me in a car, took me camping, <laughs> was crying, puffy mess. And I, we were listening to this podcast, uh, not podcast, we were listening to this Spotify playlist and I can't listen to it to this, to this day. It, it brings back that, that anger and that hurt. It wasn't, it wasn't my pain. It was my, it was the other, it was the people's pain mm. that really, it really hurt me. I felt betrayed. I had to keep going because I need money. Um, and so I had to get past this. Yeah. I had to, otherwise it would, it would literally bury me. So mm. I, my people leader was amazing. She, she helped me get the help I needed. So I spoke to some really amazing um, therapists and psychologists. I spoke to a really amazing psychologist who, who helped me identify what was behind the anger that it was hurt and it was disappointment, was deep disappointment. It still didn't make me want to keep working mm. I, I didn't want to be in HR um, I felt powerless but I had to continue working and so I got a new job mm. and I that job wasn't quite right so I found a different job but uh, for me that low was really low but the way I got through it was asking for help identifying my feelings and not hiding them mm-hmm. and I think upon reflection this is a few years ago and I'm obviously still really emotional about it um, or still really hurt by it but I wonder if I, if I sing it, would I do anything differently? I'd probably kick shit up a notch, you know, like I'd probably, <laughs> I don't know if I would have taken it that way, but, you know, the hurt built the resilience, the hurt built the belief that I'm enough and I can kick, kick it up a notch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, for me, that was, yeah, huge, huge challenge. I can imagine I saw you mm-hmm. go through that experience and, yeah, it was really concerning, honestly from a personal perspective, mm. was really difficult to watch. But I totally mm. understood your reaction. I thought it was a completely normal, valid reaction. Well, Miz, that's, that's the really dramatic, <laughs> that was quite a dramatic um, answer. But what, a, what for you has been your career-defining challenge? Look, I have to be honest and say the past two and a half years have been a real personal mm. struggle for me. I didn't realise quite how much emphasis I put on my career in Mm. terms of my identity yeah which has been an interesting realization but I'm so lucky to have had these past couple of years to be a bit introspective and really think about one what I want to do two what is Mm. what are my real values when it comes to my career and three what do I want to achieve Throughout this period, while I haven't been able to work, I've done a lot of study and tapped into my creativity. I'm doing a lot more painting, created super good juice and pop a pot on. Mm. And while these are all really great, um, worked on myself when it comes to 
working for someone else because yeah my confidence took a bit of a knock a few years ago Mm. and I experienced extreme burnout and so it's probably taken all of this time to really reset myself and it's only been without a word of a lie as my grandmother would say it's only been the past two or three weeks where I've had this like significant mind shift in terms of seeking work okay next question Can you tell me a Mm -hmm. little bit about one of your career-defining decisions? My career hasn't had lots of really, really big decisions. They've probably been micro ones, going through open doors and windows. But I remember um, a role I went to that we were right in the thick of COVID when it was hitting and making lots of redundancies and changes and navigating quite a stressful time in the HR space. How do we pay people? Are we going to survive? What's happening? And making really big decisions that impact people's lives mm-hmm. got got this business through that and realized it just wasn't the business for me and I'd only been there say like nine months and I was like this actually isn't for me it's not enough stretch I loved my coworker. one of my one of the te- one of my team um particularly was awesome and I he was the reason I stayed for so long but I made this decision this isn't giving me what I need development wise I can't give them everything because I'm starting to get a bit this bored this is not the right role for me um, and it was at that point that I thought why don't I just take six months off um, I'd planned in my head I'm going to take six months off really recoup, rec- uh, recuperate uh, get over some burnout get over some of that emotional stuff that I talked about earlier you know really process my emotions um, and so I decided to hand in my resignation and at the same time really can kind of conveniently and inconveniently because bloody hell I would have loved some time off um, I got offered a, a, my current a role with my current employer. What about you, Mary? Career defining decisions, multiple one. No, I, I probably one that really kicked off my my consulting career. So, taking that job in the middle of the GFC as a marketing exec or campaign manager, I can't remember because within a year of having started in that job, I was in Kuala Lumpur running projects, and it kicked off a really interesting career in consulting both at home and abroad. So I lived and worked in Malaysia, worked in Bangkok, Singapore, and then I moved to Istanbul, which is my dream city. I love it. It's my Mm. favorite city in the world. And I made some beautiful friends there, lifelong friends, and Mm -hmm. had such an interesting experience because I was based in Istanbul, but I was spending a lot of time in Athens. So yeah, Mm. I think just taking that job was, yeah, really career defining for me full stop capital letter. Okay. Would you like to talk to us a little bit about one of the people that has influenced your career? This may not be the most sort of traditional answer. I've got so many people who have had influences in my career. My parents, you, Mary Jane, Joe, bosses, amazing people around me, siblings, partner, but I've influenced my career and everything has fit with my values eventually I've made some really tough decisions I've made some really really easy ones I've gone with the flow I've chosen to speed up and I've chosen to slow down you know I think we've said in a previous a previous episode someone said are you coasting and I went oh, am I coasting I thought no I'm succeeding and I'm really enjoying what I'm doing so I have influenced my own career and and everything I've done has been either my own fault um, or 
because of my own choices and that will continue I'd love to have other people influencing me um yeah I think my dad will my mum and dad will laugh because they'll be like well she's not really ever done anything she she's never done anything she doesn't want to do um so yeah I'm, I am to blame and I am to thank um and also those so many people along the way as well who have just have added color to my life yeah oh I think that's a great answer because you won't let me have more than one person and I have to pick oh well <laughs> no you could have had more but <laughs> well we've only got half an hour bridge <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Mary? Who has influenced your career? I was a bit like you, honestly, when I was thinking about this. I was a, not. It's not that I don't acknowledge like a million. As so, every pretty much every single person I've come into contact with has influenced my career, for good or for bad. Usually for yeah. good, even if there are people that I don't really like and would block on LinkedIn. You know, they taught me what not to do. And when I really got to the crux of it, I really and you're, you're going to be pissed off with me when I say this because it's going to be two mm. people but they are as one <laughs> and I'm going to say my parents it's a little cheesy but yeah. my parents really raised us they're a unit they're yeah, a family they're a unit. unit they really raised us with this underlying very strong self-belief that anything is possible if you want to do mm. it you can do it and I don't mm-hmm. remember either of them saying at any time explicitly you can do whatever you want to do was just like this expectation Mm. and they are extremely curious and open-minded they are very generous with their time and with their resources and most of all they really walk through life with a really strong ethical and moral compass so I think all of these components combined really set the foundation for for us as we embarked on life and of course, our career. So it's a, it's a little bit cheesy, but I think they probably had the biggest influence. Yeah. I mean, I love your parents. They also lead with love, right? Lead with love. They lead and they have fun, you know, like so much fun. there's laughter and yeah. Tough love, soft love, kind love, all the types of love. Like your, mm. your parents are, are love. Okay. Um, okay. We've got two more questions, Bridge. Oh, two. Two oh, more yeah. before the fast ones. Oh, yeah. Okay. What is one of the biggest lessons you've learned about yourself? I mean, I spoke about it earlier. It was to um, bury some of those ghosts, you know, um, and, and that really is my biggest lesson is back myself because mm-hmm. um, in backing myself, I can back others better. And for me, it was hard learned. There was that imposter syndrome, um, but that imposter syndrome came from stuff, you know, like I'd, I'd failed bursary, um, which was our last year of school because I didn't do the work. So I had to learn, you know, if you want to get the results, you've got to do the work. So for me, some of those big lessons were do the work, let the work speak for you. And I think Maddie said that previously, you know, you've got to let your work speak for you. And then back yourself 110%. It'll make you make better decisions. It'll let you be fearless. And it, for me, it really reflected my, my personality, my upbringing, and everything about myself. So 
um, backing myself in and, and doing the work. Hmm. If I'd learned that a couple of years earlier, I, I, I might have passed. Well, you years. probably knew that. You just didn't give a shit at the time. No, I'd rather play, you know, croquet, cricket. Which is fine, you know. Mm. <laughs> what about you, Mary? Mm. Lessons? My biggest lesson is allowing myself to to listen to my intuition. I'm quite an intuitive person by nature anyway, but I think getting stuck in a hamster wheel of, yeah, high performance, high achievement, go, 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 go. There was a moment where my intuition was literally yelling at me two weeks into Mm. a job I'd just started and I suppressed it and it... (laughs) six months later culminated in, or probably three months later culminated in major anxiety issues and and panic attacks, which I really needed to address ASAP. Mm. Found a really incredible therapist and learned how to breathe again. (laughs) I had to go to breathing school. Literally. Yeah, I went to breathing school to learn. I was a mouth breather, everyone. (laughs) Al, don't curse me. Um, and yeah, but it, it really, for someone who is prone to anxiety, being a mouth breather is really bad because we, we breathe mm. at a really shallow level and i.e. the chest and anxiety mm. lives in the chest. So all of these things just kind of blew up. And I learned the really valuable lesson of tuning into and listening to my intuition. So yeah, rapid fire. Mm-hmm. Mary Jane, any regrets? The only regret I have is not listening to my intuition at that point in my career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basta. I don't know if I have any hardcore regrets. Mm. I've one of the things I've picked up along the way is to reflect. It's a, it's a bloody HR thing. All the self reflection. So I self reflect a lot and think each time how could I do that better? Protect myself. Protect others. Um, so for me learning that has meant I can always change it next time um, and I'm always put in really weird awkward situations so I've had plenty of time to, to to use skills that I regretted not having in the first place what do you do to create space from work hmm. do you move to Italy Mary? <laughs> yeah when I was working I started I actually started setting much healthier boundaries with work so I stopped checking emails after I left the office and not look at anything until I got back into the office. No, I I understand that not everyone can do that. I used to think I couldn't do that, but Mm. I also just love going to the gym and doing Pilates. So those sorts of Mm. things always create a real separation from work and my personal life. What about you, Bridge? Physically, I used to live quite close to where my office was and I loved the walk or bike ride home as a physical barrier. Mm. Um, gave me time to shake it off. Um, personally, I love socializing. Like mm. I love going out for dinner. I love seeing friends. I, you know, it's for me as an extrovert, it's just a huge part of who I am. And I've got the most amazing friends in the whole world. So yeah, eating and drinking. Next one is any essential reading? watching or listening ah yes I love this question I've I listen to a million podcasts so if you want any podcast recommendations you can go to popapodon.com I can subscribe (laughs) yeah but no probably the two podcasts that I would recommend are Founders Journal with Alex Lieberman he is the one of the co-founders of Morning Brew that business newsletter 
Um, and in Founders Journal, he just talks about what's on his mind as a founder and as a leader. And they're just like 10, 15 minute episodes where he analyzes a topic or an idea or a thought or Ooh. a decision a company has made. I really like him. And the other one from a local perspective in New Zealand is Business is Boring. It's mm. a spinoff uh, podcast and I can't remember the name of the host. I feel really bad, but he talks to business people from all over the country about what's happening in their industry, big decisions being made, big moves, the impact of the economy, the global economy, all that sort of stuff mm. on business in New Zealand. And then from a watch perspective, I love Ted Lasso. I just, I'm like, <gasps> I'm new to, I'm new to Ted Lasso. So I love him so much. I think he's just such a beautiful mm -hmm. example of a of a leader, a really empathetic leader. And I love all of the characters. I, I don't think there's a single character I don't love, but yeah, I it's find it really such cool. a good show. I'm, and just so joy. Yeah, it's really it is a warm and fuzzy watch. <laughs> I can only make noises rather than words. <laughs> what about you, Bridge? My escape from work. Uh Turkish dramas oh, yeah. uh, on YouTube um, with English subtitles. They're like 45 minutes long and they're like 120 episodes and they're kind of my guilty pleasure. And they, they just help me switch off. There's a lot of staring at each other. Someone got amnesia. Another person was in a car crash. Um, I have quite an intense job where the, it can either be quite tense or it can be have quite high stress and I'm, I'm really emotional a lot of people are really emotional and I just can't watch anything that has high stress yeah. or high emotion now Mary favorite hype song or activity well I love music and yes you do I love Muramasa or mm. if I really need to amp it up Rihanna unapologetic oh. album fresh out the runway what about you um, I actually don't have hype song or activity. I'm pretty high energy. I'm also really no noise sensitive. I, I can't have too much busyness. Um, so I don't do it before work stuff. I don't listen to music at work. But in a social setting, turn it up, you know, turn everything up in a social setting. And I love, um, I love Mac Miller and I love Mac Miller Dang. Well, how was that, Mary? How did, how did you feel? Because we were so nervous before this. Awful. I hate, I still hate it. Bridget's an, Bridget's an extrovert and I'm a very, very introverted person. I'm sweating. How about you, Bridget? How are you feeling? Um, I actually found that quite cathartic. I got that impression from you, honestly. Yeah. Mm. Types of um, moments where you, you're forced to reflect. Forced. Um, well, I mean, that's the point of the podcast, right? And we, we're a bit cheeky because yeah. we, we're asking our guests to do it, but we hadn't done it ourselves. Yeah, I was really nervous about it. Look, I honestly, I, this was, it was better than I thought. If you're listening to this, you made it to the end of our personal episode. Well done, you. Thank you so much for coming back for more. We really appreciate the support. And more importantly, hope that you find some value in these career conversations. If you would like to get in touch or involved with Super Good Juice, we'd love to hear from you. All the ways you can reach us are in the show notes below. If you haven't already rated or reviewed the podcast, please help us out by doing so wherever you listen to our pod. All feedback is welcome. We appreciate it very, very much. Super Good Juice is a Popper Pod on production. This episode was produced by Bridget Ashby and me, Mary Jane Rewa. Editing and sound design is also by me. 
The music you hear in this podcast is sourced through Upbeat, the artist is Tatami, and the track is called In Motion. See you next time.